Jimmy Lewis, and this is Tech Talk Taco Tuesday, the dirt bike podcast where we talk about motorcycle and motorcycle-related products. For Tech Talk Taco Tuesday number 34, we had a special guest, and this was Gabe from Torture Test Magazine, and he basically sits in and talks about his bike thrashing, which you really got to hear. I try to sell him on work suspension, probably doesn't work. I try to tell him how new bikes are awesome. I don't think it works, and he tells me about KTM tiers, which I'm kind of confused about still. This show is brought to you by... Climb has been with this show since the beginning, and I really appreciate that. What I like even better is that the gear is super awesome. I've been wearing it since the beginning. Uh, It's evolved a bunch. It's very durable, um, really good fitting. They have features on their gear that are pretty much uh, industry leading. And I appreciate that because that's what I wear when I get to do fun stuff and I'm comfortable and I like almost everything that they make. So if you are looking for a change of gear or you're looking for the best gear, I think uh, you won't be disappointed by trying climb. So give them a look. Along with DDC Racing, that's Delaney Drive Components. They're makers of very strong, durable, chromoly, chrome-plated sprockets. If you've seen these things, they look like Swiss cheese. They're super light for a steel sprocket. They last forever. They come with a one-year warranty, and they are built by riders who really care about keeping riding areas open. So if you're interested in some good drive systems parts, check out ddcracing.net. That's Delaney Drive Components. And Taco Moto. So you've heard us talk about Taco Mike on the show. He's been a guest host a few times. Taco Moto Co., that's how you find him on the web, sells a lot of the kind of cool and unique tuning products that you need to get your emissions compliant bike running up to snuff. So if you have questions, he has answers, and he can also sell you the stuff. So if we can't answer the question here, which we hope we can, maybe he can answer the question over there, and he can also sell you the parts that you might need to get your especially KTM or Husky dual sport bike uh, running like a champ. Anyways, it's tacomoto.co. Now... Here's the show, uh, live from Pahrump, Nevada, where you can hear dirt bikes ripping up and down the streets all the time. Valley of the Dirt People, I'm uh, Jimmy Lewis. I'm sitting here with Gabe, and your last name is? Kraust. Kraust. Okay, I was curious about the pronunciation of that. So Gabe, you might know I've talked about his a little project, uh, Torture Test Magazine, before on this podcast, and uh, I reached out to him because I was kind of fascinated by what he did, um, <laughs> which is uh, ride a dirt bike to its destruction. And <laughs> the interesting thing he told me when we were just talking about it is like, he said, somebody told me I couldn't do that. <laughs> and so, so that's that's what made him do it. And yeah. uh I was pretty fascinated, uh, like I said, by the the whole thing, um, kind of followed it through whatever internet channel or however I found it. I don't even know exactly how I came across it. <laughs> and I was, I was, uh, and then, and then you managed to produce it into like a magazine contented, like a flip, flip book yeah, sort of deal. Yeah. Uh, I bought that and, and looked at it and then, and then I got to really see what you were doing, you know, having the oil checked. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, oil analysis, oil yeah. analysis, which which I thought was you know going above and beyond just yeah. thrashing a motorcycle on way too long of an oil change interval. 
Yeah, and 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 we just had uh, Chris Real, who was a, a petroleum engineer, talking about it, and we, you know, you hear all the arguments about oil all the time, and so we kind of talked a little bit about that, um, and we kind of came to the conclusion that's that's the first step is to have oil in your motorcycle, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah, and 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 you've seen that you can run it way longer than um, prescribed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so with with some with some data and stuff and. Um, I'm not super familiar with those tests. Um, I should I should have brought it up with Chris actually because he he he's he's an expert at that. But um, to see if if those tests are, you know, showing us what we need to to see on motorcycles. Yeah, I know I'd for, like to hear that too because I don't know. I know from a diesel truck standpoint, those are the tests that they determine your engine health by. Okay. They they really they really. Um, you know, they they can they can see particulates of certain things. Like, okay, you're going to lose a head gasket, or you're going to do this, and yeah. you've got coolant going in the motor, et cetera, et cetera. There's too much. There's bearing inside of your oil now. Mm-hmm. And I just had an oil analysis that like proved what was happening on my 230. Uh huh. So um, I already toasted my 230. We talked like a couple weeks ago, and I was like, yeah, I'm about to start riding this 230 all over the place. Right. Today it's it's no longer. Oh, but, um, so yeah, so now you have two defunct bikes. Oh. Every single gra- every single bike in my garage is now dead, which sucks. But um, so anyway, the two thirty, um, the, uh, the valve clearance was opening up, and you know it's the two valve. It's got yeah. the rockers, single yeah, yeah. cam. Valve clearances was opening up, and then I did an oil analysis, and it showed that there was a ton of nickel in there. And then I googled that, and it turns out so when you get a refurbished cam for a two thirty, it comes from web camshafts, right. and they use a nickel hard weld. And I'm like, there it is. I don't even have to look inside it. We know that that cam is toast. <laughs> so, yeah. It uh, goes down the thing. So <clears throat> our format here on Tech Talk is to answer motorcycle and motorcycle product-related questions uh, generated by you, the viewer. Um, we get our questions from posts uh, that you guys put on like last week's or we actually took a couple weeks off. Um, so it would have been a couple weeks ago's uh, podcast, some of the – comments on the YouTube videos, on the different YouTube um, things that we do. So we will uh, kind of, <coughs> excuse me, run through some of those questions. Uh, we have Gabe over there taking calls. If you're interested in calling in and asking a question, uh, we're going to get one of our test riders of the 2020 Honda CR450RX. Ryan Nitson will call in a little bit later on the show. Our number, I know you're writing this down, right? 775-451-3328. That is seven seven five four five one three DBT. Yeah, we got we got that number. <laughs> so um, uh, feel free to call in. Uh, Gable um, screen you if you're horrible. He won't put you through. If you have a good question, um, he may put you through. We're gonna we'll see how it, we'll see how it all works. Um, so what other stuff do we have on the? I've been I've been out on Rebel Rally, which is a, a four wheeled event. It's an all women's off-road navigation event um, from Lake Tahoe down to San Diego. So that's where I've been the last couple of weeks. Uh, but I did get to ride um, mostly in the sand dunes. Um, and if you want to talk, um, and I know Gabe sitting next to me wants to talk about how KTMs make you a better rider. <laughs> um, yes, please. <laughs> um, I'm going to tell you how I'm going to tell you how how a KTM makes me a better rider <laughs> later on. If we start talking about me riding the uh, the KTM 500, I was <coughs> riding when we were doing this, uh, doing this uh, uh, rebel rally. I set up like the checkpoints and kind of um, monitor the course and things like that. So, um, 
uh, we'll get kind of into that. Um, I'm looking at the the room. We've got a regulars. Victor's in there. Victor, the popsicle man, and he says sauerkrauts. I don't know what that means. That's kind of interesting word coming from our uh, our Mexican popsicle dude. Uh, let's see. And Chris Smith, uh, yeah, he's trying to get that top fan status by saying we are one of the best YouTube channels. Uh, thank you, Chris. That's uh, that's nice. Uh, Mitch joined, but usually Mitch is sitting over here, um, you know, giving me the, the cut it thing when I start going off on a tangent, but he's not here tonight. Um, and then so we have some of the um, some of the stuff. How did those Rolls Royce do on the Rebel Rally? Uh, actually, the Rolls Royce won the crossover class, the production crossover class. So, which it's pretty amazing. I was I was on another on the Rebel Rally's live live feed, and we were talking. We were at the Sand Dunes, and Rolls Royce goes flying by <laughs> in the background. Something you just don't see uh, every day. Um, let's see. Yeah, George answered that question. George was also on the Rebel Rally, um, helping out. Uh, so I'm going to go right, dive right into the questions. You know what? I'm going to ask you these questions. That's how, that's, that's how you're going <laughs> to, that's how we get started straight. Um, Todd Kelly asks, I've been setting up a 09 WR450 at F for light adventure riding and camping off the bike with minimal pavement sections. People have mentioned fitting a Cush drive rear hub, but I don't see the necessity of it. Can you talk a little about, about Cush drive setups? Can you talk about Cush drive setups? Uh, possibly. I don't. I, I don't. So <laughs> you don't have to be. A, you don't have to be an expert. I, I'm. Yeah, I I'm just, not going to talk out. I my just. Ass I just play. Thing, I just play one on a podcast. Okay. So uh, <laughs> I don't know. I, I've seen transmissions get all sorts of jacked up from like lots of road miles on a just a dirt bike transmission. My buddy has a DRZ 400 that now has a a nice like big neutral between every gear. I don't know if that causes that, but that bike goes on the road. So uh. that's just, that's usually uh bent, you know, bent shift forks okay. is when it, when it doesn't, when it does go in. But, um, so the funny thing about the cush drives is generally inside of the transmission on all motorcycles, someplace in there, they're going to put a cush in there. Um, you know, there's dampers on the back of the clutch, there's springs on the back of the clutch, uh, you know, the current KTMs have these little rubber dampers and they're, they're, a lot of times they're trying to make them smaller and smaller. And I remember when KTM came out with the first RFS four strokes, <coughs> oh, I got to get rid of this cough. <laughs> um, when they came out with the uh, first uh, RFS four strokes, there was no damping anywhere inside of that motor. And that's why they said it was kind of not really a, a dual sport bike. Hmm. Uh, and at the, the time they had LC fours, which did have cush drive, uh, damper so they they took it out of the motor and put it onto the hub so it really depends on what's inside of the motor if you have something in there that can take that kind of that shock out of it um <clears throat> you don't necessarily need to double up on it um by putting it onto the onto the hub as well so it sort of depends um the wr450f i'm like 90 percent sure that on the back of the clutch basket there are springs so uh, for light dual sport use um you're not gonna you're not gonna need that uh, and what you start to see when they don't have that is like the, it actually galls the teeth um, on the gears. You actually kind of see when the, where the two teeth kind of mesh together. Okay. That that that's where um, the the cush. If if you don't if you have just a solid transmission, and you're running it on, you know, with a hundred percent traction is kind of what the 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 cush 
you know, take some of that thing, mm-hmm. um, some of that, some of that force away from. That's that's what I've seen. Uh, but you know, I mean, think about like a lot of street bikes don't have cush drive. They mm-hmm. they they just design it into the motor. But you look at how small some of the motors, the dirt bike motors are. Uh, that's what it is. Um, if you wanted to be extra safe, it probably wouldn't hurt. Um, I don't really, I can't really feel them. Uh, when I'm when I'm riding, you know, uh, I I have my KTM 950s and 1090s. They all have cush drives on them. So, uh, yeah, hopefully that answered that thing, that question. Um, <coughs> Leo uh, asks about the Honda CR450X. He says, great review. I have a 2013 CR450X with similar mods to the one that we tested. Couldn't help but on the new 450X, the long front brake cable. He put some question marks. I'm guessing Honda must know that a lot of tall riders like myself raise the bars, then position the throttle uh, cables like KTM does on all their bikes. Unfortunately, here in BC, Canada, we don't get the new CR450X. Well, you Canadians are getting screwed right <laughs> it's it's if you if if you would crawl out of the caves and with your with the little beady eyes and like you know raise a stink but you're so nice you don't do that <laughs> it, you go down to your Honda dealer and raise the stink about it or just uh still Im- import one um from the u.s but oh back to the cable question um the probably the reason for the long front brake cable is it's exactly the front brake cables off of another bike and it's one less part number in the catalog that's my guess and i'm gonna guess i'm 70 80 percent right uh when uh when i say that so um i don't think it's for you know the the ability to raise bars or stuff like that but it does does make it nice um so uh and jerry bernardo bernardo is texting me or coming across my screen asking me if i got the fuck you stickers i have this one right here it's on the front of the thing. But no, I did not get that sticker sheet. Uh, Jay Grady asks, Jimmy, the big question, is it worth selling up a well-set-up, uh, selling a well-set-up Gen 1 450X for the new one? Um, uh, uh, well, Bob's over here shaking his head yes. <laughs> it's that good? <laughs> it's, I, I like, I like the new bike. It's, it's, well, considering the old bike was what eight years old, or something. I mean, I actually two thousand and four. It's more two thousand four through twenty seventeen. Yeah. <laughs> so how many? <laughs> I I try not to do math on this podcast that much of it. So it's quite old. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's probably if you have a well set up one going going to the new one, it's just it's like a different flavor. It's a slightly different character. I'm not going to say that. That it's not a better bike. I know. I know some racers who really, really like their older bike um, quite a bit, but it's just a character thing. They have certain characteristics. The old bike feels heavier, more planted, more stable. The new one feels lighter, more agile, um, more peppy. Um, mm-hmm. So it's a it's a character thing. And if you were gonna, you know, if you're really happy with your old bike. Um, you're you're just kind of coming into the coming into the future. Uh, you know, you're 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 moving along with the the trend where everything is going, and uh, this kind of can get me back to talking about my riding the KTM 500 because I was riding it in Red Mountain um, where uh, we used to do all these desert races, and I remember riding, <laughs> racing my old bikes through there, 
And I remember what I would have to slow down for. And the whoops have gotten bigger out there. And mm. the bumps I was hitting were just as big as ever. And I was blown away by how good the new bikes are. In fact, I was riding that, my KTM 500, with a big giant tank on it and saddlebags on the side of it faster than I was riding my old KTM 250 1992 or 3 KTM 250. It was a DXC at the time. Actually, I rode the EXC, but it had the DXC sticker on it. Um, uh, but that, uh, you know, the, the fact that, that, that a non-race bike is now going way faster than a race bike and the suspension is so mm-hmm. good and the throttle response is just incredible because of fuel injection and all this stuff. I'm you know, wondering, why can I go through these bumps feeling so much better than I could back in the day. And, and that's kind of um, <clears throat> where it is. So when you when you ride the old one, you may not feel as comfortable on the new one, on the 450X in the beginning, but I think you'll start appreciating some of the stuff, especially the the kind of the handling characteristics and and just the way the bike feels, like I said, lighter and more agile. Hmm. You need to find that out. I we, definitely we, need to try we need, we need to put out. We need to put you on a, like a 250RX. After. I've I've ridden a 250 RX. Oh, you have? Yeah, 2019. Okay. I like it, but I wound it out and topped it out too quick. So oh. <laughs> I, Rep, revs too fast. Gearing, yeah, taller gearing might help, but I don't know. It seemed like it still had like a motocross transmission to me. And Is that it, true? And it does. RX okay. has um, motocross transmission, if I'm not mistaken. All right. I yeah. have to. Yeah, Road, I have to. I have rode to, it in Death Valley back to back with my 250X. <clears throat> And on the 250R, I couldn't hit the same speeds on the straights because it was just completely topped out. Yep, makes uh, so, makes makes sense. I mean, if you just let it rev and let it keep revving and revving, you'd be amazed at how how fast it goes. But so that one, I'd have to go look back and look at our comparison. But I know the KTM just smoked them all on top speed. Mm-hmm. Um, it just it just did. But uh, they they run through the power band, and then so tell us about your the, your last bike that you just uh, you finished off. Okay, so the CRF two fifty X. It's a two thousand six that I built to like the moder- the most modern two fifty X spec, um, and raced it for the entire Glen Helen Triple Crown Endurance Series. So Ironman to the six hour, Ironman the ten hour, did some racing in between the two, and then we just got got home from a team race of the 24 hour and we toasted the bike. (laughs) It's done. (laughs) So where, where do we, where do we find your stuff? Where, where's the best place to go look for? Um, most of my content is YouTube. Yeah. So that's where all my, that's where you can find everything basically. So YouTube, uh, just torture test magazine, but I do also have torturetestmagazine.com. That's just where I host like this merch and then like you can download the the magazine. But the magazine is really just a byproduct of creating that YouTube content, basically. It's like a collaboration of all the content in one place. K- kinda. It's but, really just like it's like the story of the destruction of the bike. <laughs> and then while I'm destroying that bike, I'm creating a bunch of YouTube videos that are like entertainment. So, yeah. yeah. Well, I- entertainment and informative. I, yeah, I mean, there's there's some yeah. there's some information in <laughs> when, there. When, when, when I got the, well, that's I was gonna say when I got that whole magazine thing and like I started there was there were definitely I thought thought there was a lot more in it, um, mm. in the one about the KDX and then you know yeah. learning about the oil and and all the stuff like that. You know you were, you were you were saying well I'm gonna I'm gonna leave it in here way longer than I should I shouldn't mm-hmm. do this and that's the whole <clears throat> you know the whole thing and 
and in my world, because I, 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 you know, I work, you know, with the manufacturers sometimes when <clears throat> whether we're testing bikes or doing in development stuff, and and we a lot of the questions we get here are like, oh, the Honda CR four fifty L, you have to replace the piston in twelve hours. <laughs> I mean, we're both laughing because it's like yeah. ridiculous. I mean, that's—I always say that's written by lawyers just to just to kind of cover because you're you're at you know they're taking essentially a competition motor mm-hmm. and then and then saying okay you can go do what you want to do on it but we're going to tell you that it was designed for competition and if it, competition it needs to be replaced you know a lot sooner you know um, you know at, <clears throat> at high levels and. And I mean, even on even on on a 450 motocross bike, I think the piston is somewhere 15 to 20 hours. I think is what it is in the manual. And I have no problem problem telling you know a, a top pro that's using one of those a practice bike, um, yeah, 50, 50 hours. You, you you don't even have to think about it for 50 hours. You know, piston. They're gonna they're gonna wear other stuff out just because of how hard they're riding it. And then, you know, but if you're really hard on the clutch. That's going to be detrimental to everything else, you know. So that could that could become a problem. And there's there's certain things. There's reasons why they replace the race motors. You know, they're they're literally in for one race and out. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of kind of a thing. But that for a regular guy, it's not super practical. And then yeah. and then you kind of <laughs> you went to the level. It's like I'm just going to see where this stuff really can go. Yeah. What if you just almost do no maintenance? What happens then? That's, yeah. that's my curiosity right there. And then I put it to the test. <laughs> yeah. I, I just, I just couldn't, I just can't do that to a, to the bike, you know, cause I can hear, I, I can hear things when they start breaking. Yeah. And, yeah. You can. And, and, and it's like, you just know, it's like, okay, it's time to fix it. You know, it's, it's time to mm-hmm. let that happen. And I have, I've had so few, you know, we'll call catastrophic mechanical failures or motors that just quit running. Um, you know, unless it was some sort of strange electrical problem or something where it just, it just stopped, but it's, I've not had, I've not snapped valves off inside of a motor since my 1984 XR 200. That's the RFVC, uh, motor, (laughs) if you will. And then some of my mini bikes. So we got a call, huh, Gabe? Yeah. I will, uh, he wants to talk about, uh, suspension. Greg or Craig? Hold on a sec. Oh, wait. <laughs> let me uh, let me bring him in here a second here. Uh, okay. It's Craig Hunter, right? You got it. Yep. Okay. I'm going to try to boost the level up here. So Craig Hunter, it, it, is this the second time he's called? No. Fine. First time. Yeah, it's Trevor Hunter's dad. Yeah, it, Trevor probably made him call. <laughs> there, see, see, somehow they're doing some investigation on how to do a podcast for District Thirty Seven, and uh, and Trevor's asking me like, what kind of equipment we're using? I'm the wrong guy to ask. I'm a complete novice at this. But Craig, how can we, uh, how can we help you today? What question can your son not answer for you? <laughs> well, he can't answer because he's he's part of the issue. Oh, he's part of the issue. <laughs> Well, he's not the issue. This is the this is the this is the question. Okay. So the, the all the KTM they all come with an air fork, right? And they all come with the stock. What is the white power shock on the thing? Yep on and the on the on the XC on the XCs. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And and you know for the average the average person they seem to work great. I mean I have a 2019 KTM 350 XCF and I think the suspension is phenomenal and it works great for me. I got zero issues. However, you start looking around the at, you know at the races, all the all the factory riders, none of them 
run the stock suspension. They're all running cone valve forks, and they're all running that track rear shock. Mm-hmm. Okay? And, you know, I've talked to some people, and, and you hear mixed feelings. You know, either way, I've heard pros and cons. You know, I've heard they disconnect that thing on the track, and, and I've heard the new air forks, they, they, they got them working better than the, the older cone valve forks. But if that's the case, where are the, where are the factory teams not running the, the stock stuff? Because um, <laughs> well, yeah, so it's something they can sell and, and that's, that's what, that's what the, you know, they want the factory bikes to be factory bikes and you know how psychotic most factory racers are, right? It's all in their head. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> so the, yeah, <laughs> if you don't put factory suspension on their factory bike, they're going to feel unfactory. <laughs> so that's, okay. that's, that's problem number one. And, 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 and they're the, the, the factory stuff and, you know, I've ridden, I've ridden all that stuff and I, for, unless, unless you're really pushing that stuff to 10 tenths and, and you as a rider can tell the technician what you want it to do different, better, worse, you know. Because um, some of that stuff, that what they're playing with is like the chassis rigidity. It's not just the suspension going up and down action. Um, sometimes they're able sure. to achieve better bottoming resistance or a different leverage ratio. And there's there's, there's so much that goes into it that um, mm-hmm. in, until a rider could t- – I mean, this is the way I would – I would if, if, if I were, you know, wanted the, a rider to have the best suspension, I'd say, what do you want the suspension to do better? You know, it, and it doesn't just mean put factory suspension on. I know some racers that sure. tape that tape uh, diamond dust underneath their forks, underneath their stickers and their forks, that because it makes them better. And I'm not kidding. <laughs> they, 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 you know, because there's it's special. It's something special. But you know, it's blessed by a doctor and all this other stuff. So, uh, okay, question number two. Well, and the reason why I asked that question is, you know, you know, Trevor has been struggling with the suspension, you know, all year, and you know trying to get it to that next level, you know, he, he never seems to have gotten that really, really comfortable on that KTM so far versus, you know, as he was on that Yamaha. Right. And so, you know, we was like, it was like, we're like, okay, we've, we've been working on the suspension for a year and what, so what, like, wow, well, you know, so what does he want it to do? What's his KTM not doing? And, and I mean, comfort, like not being comfortable is, is like, you you can't just go to a suspension tuner and say, "Hey, I want to feel more comfortable on my bike." <laughs> you know, I mean, does that mean well, yeah, does that mean and, stiffer, and, and softer? And does that, that you know. that would be? I guess that would be. Yeah, I can't answer that. That would be a question for Trevor. That, at that point, I'm out of the loop. Yeah, and, well, you know, not going to. Obviously, he's not going to yeah. talk to you. You're his dad. He doesn't. He doesn't even call me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would tell him he needs to, he needs to learn how to ride faster. Just period. <laughs> he needs uh, to, yeah, he just needs to. He needs to just, to make it happen. Yeah. So, so, <laughs> so when, when we, when we start coming at suspension is very personal and, and until the rider can tell, or you have somebody that really understands it, watch him ride to figure out what it may or may not be doing. Right. And it could be something just simple as balance. And what I'll tell you between a Yamaha and a KTM, the Yamaha feels a lot more stable and it, and it doesn't feel like it has the kick or the, or the, or the, the, the kind of the, the, the like when you hit square edges on a KTM, you tep- typically feel it more than a Yamaha. It's just it, two strokes we're talking, um, and uh, so so a lot of times you know running the KTM back a little bit lower in the rear, just getting you know so that, so it squats down a little bit more. And because I've seen you know when I when I watch 
what he writes about certain bikes when he tests them, I kind of I kind of have an idea of what he's you know what he's feeling, what he likes to feel, and and um, I just remember on something that he wrote, I'm like going, ah, it sounds like your rear ends the rear ends up too high. It wasn't you know it wasn't fixing the problem. But I would I would start playing around with ride height before I did anything else, and find out if you can kind of mm-hmm. come to some conclusions there. You know. Um, okay. you know, yeah. being in, and, and like I said, being kind of, a, being kind of a smaller guy and stuff, a lot of times, you know, but then, then when you start r- lower in the rear, then you don't have all they have the travel to, you know, to, to handle the bigger bumps. So it's, it's a, it's a, it's a double-edged sword. <laughs> so at the end of the day, all that, all the, the, the cone valve forks, the track versus the tracks versus shock, all that's the smoke and mirrors at the end of the day. No, it's, it's, it's not, it's not smoke and mirrors until you need something that that stuff offers. And until you, you, mm-hmm. you ask a question that's out of the realm of the stock components to provide. And I don't think, mm-hmm. I don't think that, that he is, you know, there, I don't think that, 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 that you couldn't get that stock stuff to work that well there's certain things that a track shocks does that's different there's certain things that a that a um that a cone valve fork does that's that's different but until you ask for that specifically it's kind of a it's kind of a waste mm. that's that's my All right, question number two uh-huh I got a question. question number question two number two uh, and i'm over i'm just i'm going into this i know i'm gonna get annihilated so so when's the next official jimmy lewis invitational trail ride the next Jimmy Lewis Invitational Trail Ride. Um, well, I I put on that King of the Motos race for a few years. I guess you could call that one of those. I quit doing that, so maybe I have. Nobody wants to ride with me. I mean, they think they do, but but. Well, you, no, you, you 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 can put on some nice trail rides up at your cabin. You know, I've been on one you know a few years back, but in I don't know. That, I was, I don't know anything about. I don't I don't know anything about a cabin or anything like that. I go riding at, at Jawbone <laughs> Canyon and. And, uh, yeah, and if my, if my, if my wife goes, then you're probably safe. But if, if you're just, if you just want to go riding with me and uh, Dave Donatoni one day, you're asking for trouble. <laughs> that's not, that's, trouble. that's not going to be any fun. I don't think so. Yeah. No, no invitational trail rides. Uh, I, I'm, uh, I'm retired from that game, I think. So, uh, yeah. All right. Okay. Craig, good, good talking to you. Tell your kid to turn in more stories. I got to get that Ryan Nitson kid on the phone. He's got to tell us about, um, He's got to tell us about the new Honda because he because he's he's on the same pace as your son writing real stories real slow. <laughs> there you go. Okay. All right, man. Thanks. Thanks for that. Thanks for the info. Okay. See ya. What Bye. level of rider were we talking about for that that uh, rider? Trevor is an expert. I believe he was on the team that won the two fifty class at the twenty four hour. Oh, nice. I'm, I'm not a hundred percent sure. I, I, there's a video up on dirt bike test. I should probably watch it. No, maybe that's from Ridgecrest. Yeah, the, the video is from Ridgecrest Grand Prix, but he's he's a he's a top two fifty expert. Um, nice. in the in the uh, he rides the big six Grand Prix. His his dad's one of the promoters. That's Craig. Uh, he he's also in the Prairie Dogs. They do the Last Dog Standing. So Craig mm-hmm. is the mad mind behind the uh, Last Dog Standing. So and the twenty four hours. Oh, he started the twenty four oh, hour. Wow. Yeah, I know their club was pretty heavily. Them and Desert MC were pretty heavily involved, and Ron Lawson, of course, and um everybody so that's cool thank you craig for starting that yeah <laughs> yeah gabe's a big fan gabe likes oh, yeah. to take his bikes out there and you destroy his bikes and he it's part of what he does <laughs> it's perfect for what i do um let's see uh pgi rad 26 uh asks um 
or he doesn't ask. He says, great interview on Adventure Rider Radio. I will have to listen to it again. So uh, he's mentioning that I was on another podcast called Adventure Rider Radio talking about uh, balance and uh, also talking about why Trevor can't ride faster because he's out of balance. Um, not only with his suspension, but um, just in balance in general. But if you uh, search out Adventure Rider Radio and you can uh, listen to my take on that. By the way, um, there's a spot open in my class this weekend, one spot only, if you want to come out to Nevada. And you can go on a Jimmy Lewis Invitational Trail Ride, and I will tell you exactly what to do for the entire two days of riding. So, uh, yeah, uh, on to something with our J.D. Jetting thing. Um, James Miz, yeah, how do you say that name? James Mizayazak, yeah. James Mizayazak says the JD Jetting Six X are not waterproofed. It caused me so many problems and caused me to get a DNF on a new KTM TPI. Uh, I think he says they tell you to put it on the side of the frame with the wires up. These are crappy rubber seals that what water in. Do not buy or put in your airbox. Well, James, I. Have sprayed mine a bunch uh, with uh, pressure washers and uh, haven't had any problems yet, but I'm not putting them in places where they would get submerged. Um, but I could see that the water would cause a problem with electronic component. It doesn't look sealed up. Um, I haven't read the ins- – I don't know if the instructions go that deep into whether they are waterproof, but um, it's good to know. It's something to definitely to pay attention to. Um, sorry you got a, got a DNF. Um, let's see, on to the KTM 300 TPI, uh, Adam Diamond asks, says, just discovered the channel, I love it, do you ever plate bikes? And by that he's talking about license plate, I'd love to see your take on dual sporting this thing, or a WR450, or a CR450X, etc. Um, I, I have plated bikes, I do plate some of my personal bikes, but, uh, I don't know if, um... Like I would like to put a plate on a KTM 300 so I could ride it on the small sections of road that I need to so I wouldn't get in trouble, but I wouldn't ever use it as a, quote, dual sport bike. So if you're talking about plating it for that reason, uh, yeah, and it depends on the state you live in. And same with any of the, the other bikes that you mentioned. Uh, it depends on the requirements and what you can get away with because you don't really want a street bike. You want a dirt bike that has a license plate on it, which is a good thing. Um, so... Uh, yeah. Um, my take on dual sporting would be stick the license plate and the most minimum amount of equipment on a dirt bike as possible, and then you have a license plate. I think Chris Real talked about it. Do you want a number plate on the front or a number plate on the back? Uh, yes, Gabe. Caller. Okay, I see him there. Ryan, I'm gonna get to you in a second. I want to run through this other question because I'm I'm gonna. Ryan, you better you <laughs> better be ready. I want to I want to know why that story isn't done. Make, start making wind up the excusatron right now. Uh, Jacob Eurofrazio Eurofrazio asks uh, on the recluse clutch. Thanks. I've been riding for a while, but I bought my first four stroke, a 450 XCF. It's a beast in the Northeast woods, so I'm debating a recluse. Um, the recluse will take up to but not more than 20% of that beast out. Hmm. And the more that you ask the recluse to take out of 
the bike, the more wear you're going to get on the on the clutch because essentially you're allowing it to slip a little bit more. If you really, you can set them up to to slip a lot, and it does tame the uh, the acceleration and the snap of the bike. But that's not necessarily a a good thing. I mean, they'll do it. But what are you doing riding a 450 XCF in the woods if it's a beast? You only make those 350s. Um, that other company, what's that other company called? They um, they make white ones. Um, yeah, there's these white ones. They make 350s too. They're pretty good. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to go to Ryan on the phones right now. Ryan, are you there? I'm here. You're there. I think if it's working on your end. It's working on my end. I can hear you. Can you hear him? Yep. Okay. You're here with Jimmy and cool. Gabe. Thanks for having me on. Yeah. Um, where's the uh, so so Ryan Nitson is a dirt bike test uh, test rider, which means uh, along with being a test rider and getting pictures taken, you're supposed to write stories, uh, evaluations of the bikes, <laughs> and get them onto the internets. And uh, we got a we got a cool story about how you were a factory rider for a day, which is probably pretty awesome. Correct. Correct. And that story, at, on my computer, that story was like four pages long. So that thing should be getting some good views. I actually heard, too, that it got circulated through the American Honda um, offices at uh, in Torrance on the Tuesday or whatever that we published it. So <laughs> if you haven't heard that one yet, I, I, that one in your cap. Everybody's yeah. over there viewing some. Some dirt bike tests. Are you there? That's good. Yeah. Are you there? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. so no. the Honda guys, the Honda guys are all reading dirt bike tests. I know we are up on a uh, 450RX first ride impression. Right. So we could do some of that tonight if you want. Um, that's what we're going to, we're going to talk about it and then uh, we're going to drill, cool. r- drill down on that. So what, so the biggest question I have is like, what did they change in that bike? What's, what's new on the 2020? So the 2020R and the RX are the pretty much the same base model um in 19 the bike got a an updated frame and swing arm updated electronics black wheels and then all that transfers over to the rx as well so the uh suspension changes for the um also got transferred over for 20 it got the updated um electronics package which includes the honda selectable torque control which is their version of the traction, traction control, control that yep. comes on the yeah that comes on the R as well and they brought that over to the RX which I thought was really cool. I know how sometimes that it usually waits a year or can be a year you know that you have to wait for it not the flagship model so I was really excited to use that. Um, it has the launch control as well. It's the whole shot assist, um, the 18 inch rear wheel. Um, I believe I heard you say earlier about the transmission and I believe the R and the RX are the same transmission and engine all around. Right. Okay. But different, different ECU mapping on the RX, correct? Correct. Correct. Different, different ECU (laughs) mapping. And then, um, Jason from Honda was telling us that the, each gear is individually mapped, uh, for the R and the RX. So they are different. They feel different, but they are the same motor like my manual at home for my r says r and rx um but yes the ecu maps are different right so so your your bike at home is a 19 or 18 450 Uh, my personal bike is an eight yeah 18 crf 450r is my personal bike 
Right. So you're you're pretty familiar with with that bike and that um, that chassis and totally. everything. Yeah, yeah. And before that, I had a a fifteen four fifty R. So definitely familiar with the Hondas in the last few years of their changes. Um, but yeah, the that's why I was really excited to ride this bike. I haven't ridden the RX before, and I was very surprised and pleased uh, with how easy I was able to just transition over to kind of like the off-road model i was a little not skeptical but just kind of like oh it's you know going to be softer and faster and uh or like have a wider gear ratio yep um but i was very impressed with the bike and um it felt like riding my go ahead and you're you're a moto kid you're a track guy yeah yeah i my grand prix experience is very uh limited to say the least i uh I think I'd only done three of them uh, before we went up to Ridgecrest to do the Viewfinders Grand Prix. So definitely a little out of water, but made it work. It was definitely a lot of fun. Yep. A, a, a little lack of water or too much water? Or? <laughs> yeah, it was a little interesting to have a, a mud race. Well, not a mud race, but the pre- morning practice was a little wet. Um <laughs> They got to they got to make out. they got to they got to make that stuff last all day. <laughs> so. Yeah, they had a they had a water hole on uh the first day on Saturday and then on Sunday uh it was it was either empty or dried up, I'm not sure, but yeah, we didn't have the water hole on day 2, but yeah, it was really fun. The that whole series the the National Grand Prix series or what was uh Big 6 um is a lot of fun. Those guys do a great job of having a fun event, a safe event. Um, the course was really fun. The whole thing was just super well ran and I had a blast. Like the family atmosphere of it was super fun. Um, and then, yeah, to hang out with the whole JCR Honda crew for the weekend was just made it even better. Yeah. So, so you got, you got completely spoiled, um, brand new bike, brand new tires. They probably fed you, they put (laughs) gas in and all that stuff. So what didn't you like about the bike? Um, what didn't I like? That's a hard one. Um, I think, yeah, because they, 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 pam- they pampered you. <laughs> <laughs> I won't tell you what, the amount of money they're paying me to say this, but uh, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But uh, yeah, the only thing that I did, um, some something that might be a little more difficult for a rider who's jumping off of like maybe an older two-stroke or something, is just the amount of buttons that are available for you. Like the, the whole point, it seems like, of the bikes is to make it easier to ride. Um, you have more options like with the traction control, with the whole shot control, um, the, there's three different maps, three levels of traction, traction control, control yeah. and then, and then a whole shot assist. So there's three different buttons, uh, with, you know, six to what, nine, Maybe different nine, yeah, nine, so, nine so, combos essentially. Yeah. So that was a little difficult at first. Um, obviously with riding some of the newer bikes lately, I've, um, gotten used to that, you know, like Yamaha has the, the push button map, KTM and Husky as well. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that is something that, that might take but a little bit of getting I'll, used I'll to. Just, and, I'll just like, jump in here that the Honda one is hard to manipulate like the, the, the three second yeah, so, hold. And, and I think we right, compla- we've complained about that on almost every one of our tests of the bikes with that, that system. It's just like, it's not on, it's not necessarily on the fly. I mean, you can do it, but you've got to slow down to do it. Well, and if you think about taking your hand off the bar to press the button is a little <laughs> more difficult than it sounds. Yeah. Even like on the KTM, they say, well, you could just reach up in the air and bump it. But looking down to, to hit the right button is kind of difficult. 
Um, that was like probably the only thing that I ran into difficulty with. Like Jason from Honda was there with us. He's uh, the media guy and he rides all the time and understands, you know, the, he does a lot of the testing. So um, he helped with, he, he was riding along with us. So he said, Hey, my favorite map is uh, map one with traction control two. So that kind of smoothens out the smooths out the hit a little bit. And then also gives you some of the traction control properties that you would want as well. And that was yeah. something just remembering that um, was kind of a little difficult. And then on the start, I forgot that I had the whole shot assist on and on day one. So when I nailed the throttle on the first day, you know, when you do a start and yep. you kind of don't want the wheel to spin. So you, so you ease on the throttle on the start. Yep. Um, I did that and kind of blew it on the start, but on day two, I remembered I had it on. So I just, nailed it and it did everything i mean it did almost everything for me yeah that um, and really helped me get this yeah that that th- yeah, those helped me get the start on that one so. you've, you've got it you've got to practice you've literally got to practice um using those modes you know so you know what they are so you can yeah especially the start ones because some of them you just got to pin it and and literally drop the clutch and just let it let it do its thing and you kind of have to be able to look at the traction and say hey with with this kind of traction, I should use map two or, you know, I think three is the most aggressive one and three you would exactly. use like in sloppy mud. Right. And that's where I think it gets confusing with the maps and the traction control because map three on the Honda is the most aggressive map. Yep. And then map three on the traction control is the most aggressive traction control, meaning that it retards the torque control as much or that's the most retardation of the traction control of, yep. the, of the torque, if that makes sense. So they kind of work in opposite. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's something that people get confused on. Cause on day one, I rode the bike in map two, which is the smooth map, which is what I run my normal 450 in. Yep. And then I use traction control two, hoping to really like smooth it out on the fast course, kind of make it easier to ride. And I almost made the bike too slow, if that makes sense. Oh yeah. Yeah. So, that was definitely something to play around with. And, um, you know, for an experienced, uh, rider with this bike, you're going to have more time to use those things and play with them and find your sweet spot. But yeah, just day one, trying to learn it was a little difficult for day two. My result was, uh, well, I felt like I rode better, but I knew the bike a little bit better after that too. Yeah. And, and just like Trevor needs to work on a suspension, you need to work on your, uh, your pushing <laughs> bu- button pushing on the Honda. <laughs> so, so the bike, bikes, I mean, it, is, it is, go ahead. <laughs> the bike's fast though. Yeah. Oh, it's super fast. Yeah. I was very impressed. Um, like I said, I've ridden my 18, um, for a couple of years now and super surprised just coming straight off that to this bike where in 19, um, they updated the, the, the ECU and everything like that to make it. I mean, I think it was the fastest bike of 2019, maybe not the most rideable I, I bike would, of 2019. I would, yeah, I would agree. Yeah. I think we had, oh yeah, we did a shootout. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was, or not a shootout, a comparison test. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, but, but yeah, that was, so for 20, I think it's still that same aggressive power. Um, the ECU changes do help kind of settle that a little bit along with the available, uh, maps, but it is very fast and it carries, I was surprised, um, at how much, how little I had to shift. I was able, this track was super fast. Um, and I was able to leave it in, you know, coming out of a corner, leave it in second, 
uh, and rev it higher than I had expected or leave it in third before I had to shift to fourth a lot longer than I had expected, which I was, I liked a lot, made it riding for, you know, 45 minutes, an hour and a half long race, um, easier. Those little, little changes make a big difference um, yeah. over the course of a race that long. And, uh, well, I, maybe that's not even that long to other guys. I mean, from a moto guy, <laughs> 40, 15, you're, 20 you're, minutes you're, is a full moto for me. Yeah. 45 minutes, right? Yeah. My hands were definitely feeling it after, even after day one, the 45 minute race. And then we did, I opted to do the hour and a half long, uh, on Sunday. Right. Well, cool. Um, uh, so you can go on a dirtbiketest.com, read it's the, it's the banner story. It's up there right now. You can read about Ryan's, uh, riding as a factory rider experience, um, which is, uh, you know, you start out as an intern here and then next thing you know, we make you a factory rider. It's uh, what you do. You just, uh, <laughs> you have to pay the price of, uh, putting, uh, fingers to keys and making, uh, making a story out of it. So that that's coming next. I'm sure I'll see it, uh, soon. I hope. We're on it. We're on <laughs> good. So cool. Well, hey Ryan, thanks for calling in and uh, telling us about that. And uh, I'm sure everybody's looking forward to that story. Now we need to get you on the uh, on the X, so you have the full CRF spectrum, or maybe yeah, the we'd maybe love the... To ride the the regular X, and then the 250 RX is supposed to have uh, some cool changes as well. So that's uh, really cool to see a brand like that, you know, branching into territory that's kind of uncharted for them, which I think is really good for the industry as a whole. Yeah, no, I, I, I loved our, our Honda, our, the, all the 250, um, four strokes of that class are so that FX, um, you know, kind of RX, uh, um, XC are, are, they're so much fun to ride. They're, they're like, you know, they're kind of like one twenty fives of the old days for sure. So, well, cool. Thanks uh-huh. for calling in and we will, uh, we'll keep in touch. Cool. Thanks, Jimmy. Talk to you soon. Okay. See ya. Okay, um, we have another caller, Jacob. And Jacob, Hello. you there? Yes, sir. Uh, where are you calling from? Uh, Boise, Idaho. Boise, Idaho, and you? Oh, hey, Jacob. <laughs> do, do we know Jacob? I know Jacob. You know Jacob? He's yeah, our cameraman for the twenty-four hours. Right on. <laughs> um, so, what's your what's your question? I'm gonna make I'm gonna make Gabe answer so this one. I had a question about two strokes. Right. So I know that emission standards, especially in California, are slowly closing the window on them. So this is a question for both you and Gabe. Is uh, as that window closes, do you think that's going to allow like a resurgence of the three-stroke motorcycle to come back? <laughs> the three-stroke. Uh, well, <laughs> no, yeah, three. Well, I'm I'm more into the five stroke personally. Um, <laughs> I it's, haven't it's, heard of those. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 one better than a four stroke. I mean, nobody's talking about it yet, but you, you know, I know. Um, really, it, it's funny because the two strokes, the 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 fuel injected two strokes are very very clean, except for during startup. And I think uh, I got into it with Chris Real talking a little bit about it, but once they're running, they're actually very, very clean. And there is some technology out there and some ways that these manufacturers have figured out to kind of basically beat the test on, on that stuff. And it's, it's not necessarily just California green sticker. It's Euro emission standards. There's all kinds of stuff that, you know, the, these manufacturers will figure stuff out and whether a two stroke will be able to meet it, and still meet the performance requirements that we expect out of them. That's 
that's honestly the question. I mean, even, but you can see with the the four stroke bikes what they're doing to get you know to get the the current like KTM EXCs to you know run like they do and then you know meet this you know pass the sniffer and and the test as chris it's in the second hour there's a there's it's up on youtube now it's a it's a you know tech talk taco tuesday chris real second hour listen to that and that will tell you a lot about you know some of the tests and the standards these bikes have to meet but the manufacturers are kind of meeting the uh uh meeting the 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 challenge but i think that he talked about kind of there is going to be a cutoff and it has more to do with and it's not just two strokes it has to do with competition vehicles when competitions can vehicles can be sold and what they can be used for and this is starting in california and god only knows how far it will spread but that's that's uh you know and in california is such a big portion of the market it does drive what manufacturers do so it might be difficult in five or seven years to get a to buy or purchase a competition motorcycle i mean you you it's you're hard pressed to buy a competition car and you sure as heck can't drive it on the road you know there's just not a market for it so i think that's uh i, I think two strokes will last as long as uh we keep buying them is the truth it's just it's just where are we going to be allowed to use them is the is the question so yeah does that answer your question yeah i mean they may be able to stand up to the emission test or they may not they may not be able to pass the manufacturer test these days, but can they pass the torture test? <laughs> <laughs> well, they seem to be doing well compared to the CRF two fifty X, that is. Yeah, I think I think if you're gonna I think if you're gonna thrash something, if you're really not gonna pay pay attention to mechanical stuff, you're probably better off on a on a two stroke. But how oh, yeah. so Jacob, how's that three stroke gonna how's it gonna help the emissions, the third stroke? What's it what's it gonna do? Well, I actually, I, oh, hold on. I need to pull up the diagram so I can remember how they work exactly. I drew up this really big, fancy Microsoft Paint, like, professional diagram. Paste it, um, paste it on the, paste they, it on like the Facebook the, page. In the, <laughs> in the car, right? Can I, like, can I share that in the chat or something? Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of people that'd be oh, shoot. Okay, let me find that real quick. I have it saved in my files somewhere. Good. You, everybody, everybody get ready for this if you're in the chat room. And if you're not, you can go back and find it in the chat room. Uh, maybe if you send me a picture of it, I'll post it on the YouTube video somehow. I'll slap it on there. <laughs> and uh, we'll put your okay, three-stoke I, drive. I, I, but but uh, well, I have I have I have the image pulled up. I'm too stupid when it comes to computers to actually be able to post that in the chat. But I mean, I have it in front of me, and so you know, most most cylinders they have like the spark plug, the intake, the outtake, all that fun stuff, and then they have the piston. But the, three, the really unique thing about the three stroke cylinders is that they have a flux capacitor. Actually, <laughs> and so what happens is that the, the intake air comes into the the cylinder head, and then it just blasts yeah you 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 you, you got to be careful you got to be careful with that because you're going to affect the power band and the power band is a is a difficult thing to 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 tune properly uh you know especially especially when it's i'm sorry i don't think you understand three-stroke motorcycles their power band is just infinity in, in in power band is infinity infinity i can't yeah. even say it yeah uh, <laughs> no it just depends on what the power band's made out of because the ones in the three strokes are usually made out of um carbon kevlar wound bands 
and and the other ones are like they're chain drives, you know. So it's it's metal. So it's it's better that way, right? Hello, uh, hello. <laughs> Yeah, sorry. Okay. Don't worry. Thank a, va- you, a variable cycle three-stroke engine is a type of internal combustion engine patented by Michael A. V. I don't know. The, the term three-stroke indicates that, to quote from the patent, total cycle displacement of the engine equals approximately three expansion ratios. So chew on that, Jacob. Hmm. And, uh, and, uh, I don't know where he got that. And, and, no and where did I get that? <laughs> there's no mention of the flux capacitor. <laughs> so, okay. Hey, well, uh, feel free to uh, drop the diagram on that and, uh, and we'll, we'll, we'll get back to you. We will, we will, um, we'll investigate that further because we're all about getting to the truth here. So, all right. Thank you. I appreciate it very much. Yeah. Uh, Jacob th- has a YouTube channel called Jackass ADV. And it is entirely tr- him trolling like that. Right. <laughs> yeah. So he has a video on how to turn a DR200 into a DRZ400 because he had a DR200, then he sold it to me and bought a DRZ400. And part the of the DRZ200 is quite possibly one of the worst motorcycles oh, yeah. I have ever, ever. It's, it's surprisingly I bad. I don't know. I don't know how they could take that motor. And make it make so little power, <laughs> and, and and the worst thing is, is there's a DRZ one twenty five, a full oh, size. Oh, even less. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it is. It, it, it that that because the two hundred's just too much. <laughs> hey, yeah, because the two hundred too much. You need less. We we took one of those. We rode it up to this place up in Death Valley. Out out. Um, it was up when you could ride up to Panamint City. We rode mm. um dual sport bikes. We called it the last ride to the Lost City. And this is way back when I was at Cycle World, and that bike it like. We had to push it the whole way. It was yeah. so it was so pathetic. <laughs> uh, yeah, I can imagine. So my my last my latest video was me buying that DR two hundred and going up to Idaho with those guys, and they were like, "What happens if you enter this in a race?" And there's a race the next day. I'm like, "Let's find out." So I went and raced that in a desert race, and that's my latest video on my YouTube channel. It's called it's called best DR two hundred race video ever. And it's part of the KTM <laughs> tier series that I was telling you about. So so tell me about yeah, tell me about your other <laughs> your other YouTube channel. Uh, or is it no, all on no, torture? It's, it's on, on torture yeah, test, yeah, right? So, right. Oh, so so what's your your new one? Kate, you call it KTM tears. KTM tears. Yeah. So I just uh, let me get to that question because um, wait, what was that? Que- the question was: the, Does an orange bike make you faster? Yeah, it was asked this, earlier this, on the on the thing. Does an orange bike make you faster? And I just I just said, um, let me think about it for a second. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, why not? I mean, why wouldn't it? I just. Right. <laughs> so, but you, you seem to take a different approach. Yeah. So, um, I just noticed that a lot of people, there's like this KTM club and non KTM club in this world. And I've run into a lot of people who are like, Oh, you ride? Like, what do you ride? And then if it's not a KTM, they're like, Oh, that, that's, that's well, no people good. ask me when I go to like, you know, social things, they say, so you ride a Harley, right? Uh. <laughs> so same same thing yeah so now it's yeah. now now we've we've ktm has jumped the shark and so now if you ride dirt bikes it has to be a ktm right at least off-road yeah yeah and so i i had to choose a side basically and <laughs> since i'm broke i chose the the non-ktm side and now yeah i i, I have actually nothing against ktms it's just I had to choose a side, and I didn't have a KTM, so, so I'm like, so you, well. So you went, yeah. So I, I have I, I have no no problem with that. I mean, I'm I, I always say I'm brambidextrous. I just happen to have a lot of KTMs, and if you ask me what is the best motorcycle for me, 
and I don't know anything about you, always say KTM 500 because that I think that would be the best blanket to throw over that particular question. You know, think I'll argue with you right now if you want about like what is a better bike. We don't know anything about the person asking the question. They want a bike, a motorcycle, a dirt bike ish dirt bike, and they may want to go adventure riding. They may want to ride around a motocross track, but they don't know anything. Give me a better bike. Uh, I thought you said the KLR 650 was the ultimate all-time bike. That's the ultimate (laughs) adventure bike. Yeah, that is the ultimate adventure bike, especially for the guy that's getting into it and doesn't know that. So I paraphrase that. You're not going to take a KLR on the motocross track. No, no, and I really wouldn't want to take KTM 500 on the motocross track. Mm -hmm. But tell tell me something else that you could ride around the motocross track and actually go around the motocross track at least as good as a DRZ 200. Ooh, so you're asking the wrong person because I always just buy the cheapest thing on Craigslist and I seem to do like the same on every bike that I get. I, I don't know what's So, So you're it. claiming that it's not about the bike. It It's something with the rider, I think. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, can actually, I can actually put you on better and better bikes and you will become a less and less skilled rider as you get on better and better bikes to a certain and i and i, I can I, imagine and, actually, I, yeah. and i've seen i've seen you know you ride in the videos and stuff and you're not a bad rider mm-hmm. you're definitely not an expert rider it's just you're you're a good rider and but as you like i said the bikes do make a difference but they're they're like flavors of ice cream these days they're all so good and 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 mm-hmm. and, and you can pick out ktms all day and all you're going to do is get flamed on the internet from all the all the the the, the orange pack that's going to come after you that, which is what i love doing yeah but like i do it with the yamahas all the time i say how much i like a yamaha and then everybody hates me and they Ooh, say yeah. you love yamahas and i'm like no uh, well okay yeah this week i did um but then the next week i'm all about the hondas and i'm i'm frankly when i start telling people this i'm honest i it's it's truthfully it's exactly what i feel and the only thing i have kind of come into that is i have a lot of experience with all the different brands so i kind of dissect them but i actually adapt my riding to kind of the bike i'm on you know and and whether it's you know sometimes sometimes if the suspension is a certain way i might ride around certain kinds of bumps as opposed to hit them you Mm -hmm. know or or to go as far as like I know when I have the Honda, I don't want to go do first and second gear trails on the CR450X like I do on the WR450. So I'll like tailor my ride. You know, I'm usually leading the ride, and I'm going. I'm going to go here. I'll I'll go where that bike works the best. I can point it in the right direction. So it's little little things like that. But um, uh, no, I I kind of kind of find it funny when when people just get uh. You know, super, <laughs> super. They hate, they hate another brand, or they love another brand. Mm-hmm. Or there's only, there's only one brand. Um, yep. There's, there's the good thing is there. It, it would really suck if there was only KTM's. It yeah. would, it would, it would really be, really be bad. I couldn't live without my DR200. <laughs> is that the? Do you still have it? Yeah. So is yeah, that the so, only? Is the only running bike in your fleet? Yeah. Well, no, no. The, my XR250 <laughs> runs, but it's just like. The wheels look like octagons, so it's not a pleasant ride. Yeah. But, yeah, the DR200, it goes. Cool. Okay, we're going to hit it off with a few other questions here. Uh, This one's about a Nitro Moose. Brian C. England asks, um, are we talking about Moose break-in tonight on Tech Talk Taco Tuesday? Well, guess what? We can. Um, It says... You guys got some thrashing in yet? I mounted a set last week for my buddy racing the thousand Baja One Thousand Pro Ironman, and was a tad surprised to see the new color coming out of the box. Yes, the new Nitro Mooses are silver or gray or some form of silver, gray, and brown uh, 
ish color. Um, I have just mounted them. I have about uh, 600 miles on the ones I threw in um, last week, and they are performing pretty much the same as the old ones did. They felt a little soft to me. They felt a little softer initially um, than the old ones. They didn't require the kind of the same. We talk about breaking. Um, they didn't. They didn't seem like they were starting out at like 14 pounds and instantly going down to 10 or after, you know, one or two rides going down to 10, it seems like they started at 12 and they still feel like they're at 12, uh, is my take. And I mounted them inside of uh, Kenda Parker DT tires. And, um, I will get back to you on uh, that. If I find anything different, I have another set that's going to go in another set of tires and, uh, I'll let you know. And then Victor popsicle man, Victor asks, Yes, if you have a choice between an XR400, an XR650R, and an XR600 to do LAB to V, which of these dinosaurs would you choose? I always go with the lightest thing because I am tiny. Yeah, so you're, you're <laughs> going to go with X. Victor, yeah. and you know what? I'm right there with you. Why are you not riding a CR500, brother? Because <laughs> I know you have one, and I know that is lighter than all those bikes, so we're going to agree that a CR500, wait, that you, you don't have a license plate on it. We'll go back to the guy who talked about the license plate thing. Um, I would ride the XR650R, no questions asked. Um, that is a, that is a, until I had a KTM 500... <laughs> 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 that was that was on my list actually I, I i've kind of been known as like the xr 400 guy for a long time too so uh you know what uh, there are the funny thing you go back to an xr 600 r you're gonna go does this motorcycle even have brakes on it and and <laughs> and you get a test to this when you ride old stuff what is the first thing you notice uh you don't notice that the brakes don't work it, yeah oh. it, like yeah, the the brakes. Or they just generally. don't slow. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, that's the first thing when I start riding older stuff. I just notice how bad the brakes are, and whether it's certain amount of lack of you know not being used maintenance that they're not perfectly bled, but the performance of the brakes on the new bikes is so good when I ride older stuff, and especially you get on older stuff that's heavy. And now we're talking like XR650 for sure qualifies. Well, the 400 too. Um, at least the 400, the brakes kind of slow the bike down. The other two, it's like it's a it's they're, they're too fast for their own good um so okay um i'm gonna run back to the board here real quick um let's see uh mike spurgeon asks great question mate can i help you with that it's my speciality uh yoda jimmy will like you get you sorted as well what did dustin dag what was his question um i don't know if i can find it uh i'll try to get to that Paul Thrill killed. I've got a 19 KTM 350 XCF. Do you think the new engine hangers from the 20 would fit my bike and help make the suspension handle more supple? I don't think the frames are the same. And I might know because Mojave Bob has just dropped off a KTM 350 uh, that he was weighing, and we're going to get the weight. What does it weigh? Uh, full fuel 250. 253 pounds is what a 2020 KTM 350. Oh, wait, he's talking about XCF, not EXC. Um, XCF hangers. I, yeah, yeah, the new motor's smaller. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's, it's a it's definitely a big change. I'm going to do something on Dirt Bike Test about the different, the variations of, of the last uh, 
uh, three itinerations of of the KTM's because you you look at them and they kind of look the same, but they are largely um, different. And Bob loved the word that I just used, didn't you? Yeah, he just he just shot his. You just leave the bike here. I'll shoot photos of it and go ride it tomorrow. Um, uh, do I think if if the okay so Paul if the engine hangers switch between um the bikes the twenty and the nineteen um. They will change the way the bike feels if the hangers are indeed different. Um, but that's something that you kind of have to have to test. But if it depends on what you're looking for, um, I'm frankly, I was really happy with the 350 XCF the way it worked. I didn't really find that I had some chassis difficulties, but um, feel free to drill holes in them. Um, and I'm talking like, you know, like two millimeter holes in the middle of your, of your, uh, mount. If you want to make it like flex a little bit more and stuff. Um, we've done that before, but before I would do that, honestly, check the torque, um, set them, set it to the stock torque settings and then start backing it off like about five, five, um, five to 10% on the torque spec and see if you can achieve the feel or notice a difference. And if you can't notice the difference when you've gone about 15% less on the torque feeling, you're probably not going to feel what the engine hanger is doing uh, if you switched it out wholeheartedly, in in my opinion. Um, you won't feel it, but you could also spray paint it a different color, and it might do just the same thing. I've seen that happen before. <laughs> uh Let's see. Uh, Todd Kelly loved the torture test in the KDX 200 videos. Oh, thanks. Yeah, so I did too. Um, let's see. Uh, where's some of the other questions we got here? I know there was another one that popped up. Uh, get the um, slow. The, the, the Facebook somehow organizes my things. They're not in order anymore. <laughs> so uh, I can't tell which was the n- latest one versus the next one. Um, bike in question is my. 2018 500 KTM EXC fully desmogged FMF four point slip one and a Dobek tuner handling the fuel management. I've wanted to upgrade to a Vortex ECU for a while now. However, I am unable to make the purchase. I am now able to make the purchase. However, I'm in the fence between, I got to push, click, see more the Vortex or the Athena get ECU. What are the pros and cons of the units? Do you have a preference in either one, any personal experience that would lead you to one or the other? Well, guess what? Mike Spurgeon was exactly right when he said contact him. He's the expert on those things as far as I can tell, especially with the EXEs. Um, And he seems uh, pretty honest when he starts steering you in certain directions. Um, I do not have any experience with the – I use the older Vortex on an older version of the EXE, so I have some experience with that. The biggest difference between what I've been doing a lot with just the JD tuners, which is fuel only, is once you enter into the Vortex and the and the, and the get, you can alter ignition timing. Um, why you would want to do that, um, it depends on your level of expertise. I, I know how to tune ignitions enough to make bikes work properly for me. Um, but just because it's my setting doesn't mean it's your setting and, and, um, you know, having the options of different maps and able to try them, uh, you know, when you can start, if you're going to start doing extensive modifications, having access to the ignition timing will complement the other modifications, not being able to tune it is just one other thing that you can't work with, but it's also one more thing you can screw up. Uh, hence 
just get a can of spray paint and spray paint your ECU orange, and it will get 20% better, I think. Uh, let's see. Um, uh, Todd Kelly, hey, I asked a couple of questions back on your hour and a half outpost. Half what? Todd? Hello? <laughs> you could have called in. <laughs> then we could have got it uh, directly. Um, so I think we've kind of run through uh, run through most of our questions. We've run for an hour now, huh, Gabe? Over, Over an hour. Let's see. Do we answer all those questions? Um, so if you have any questions, feel free to... Um, yeah, one more call. One more call. What? Somebody else called? Did you put their name on it? Oh, you haven't screened them, but a call came in. Get on the gas over there. So while Gabe, uh, while Gabe uh, handles the uh, calls, calls. Uh, so if you want to have us answer your questions on Dirt Bike Test Tech Talk Taco Tuesday, um, feel free to put them in the uh, comments down below on this particular one. Maybe when you see the video on YouTube, go ahead and comment down there. We usually farm through those, grab some of the best questions. Of course, now you can call in as usual. Uh, eight out of 10 questions that you ask have been previously answered on some of the back episodes of Tech Talk Taco Tuesday. Feel free to uh, look back over those. They're on YouTube, and they will be up on podcast uh, versions soon, especially when we get some sponsors to, to um, sponsor the hotline. It could be, it could be Mojave Bob's hotline if you would just start handing over some cash and buying the tacos that we are eating here tonight. Um, but before we go, uh, Pete wants to talk about electron carbs. That's electron. electron. That's, that's electron Gabe with an L. It's cool though. Yeah. Hey Pete, how you doing? Can we hear you? Hey, uh, sorry. I'm listening to, yeah. Can you hear me? God, I hear you now, now just fine. Cool, cool. Sorry, I'm watching the podcast at the same time. Uh, yeah, I, I own a YZ250X. I've uh, actually, ever since I owned a KDX200 right around the same time Gabe did um, on his channel, uh, I've really enjoyed uh, two strokes and kind of switched over. Anyway, I was calling to see if you had an opinion one way or another on the uh, electron carburetors for two strokes. I, I, uh, I absolutely <laughs> do. I live in Idaho. Oh, yeah, sorry. Go <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, go ahead. Tell us where you live and what you're doing with the bike. That'll help. So, uh, no matter what two stroke I've owned, I ride a pretty wide variety of conditions and, uh, a really wide variety of altitudes. So living in Idaho, you know, one day you'll be living or not living, riding down, uh, in, uh, you know, like desert washes and stuff like that, uh, at maybe 2000 feet elevation, holding it wide open sand stuff, you know, and then another day you'll be at like 8,000 feet in the mountains. Uh, and I've seen a lot of talk about them um on youtube through different channels like i think it's like brother kyleson with the dirt bike channel and stuff like that and uh you know everybody's talking about them so uh so so what curious, you know, so what so there's thinking. the so the electron there's electron and then there's another one what's the other one called the right there's like the h series and i don't know if it's like the the h and the hv i don't really know yeah but. so so i've 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 tested them mostly on on other people's bikes that they just they had them and and at one time at Dirt Rider we did a test and these go all the way back to oh what was the name of the 
there was there was a name of a carburetor. It's what the, the company's still around, but they it's kind of the same idea. It's it's all controlled through the needle. The smart carb, maybe, smart, or something else. Yeah, so the smart carb is is one of them. Um, so what I found is for the most part, every bike I put that on or ridden them on, it it really smoothed out the power. It didn't have it it didn't have the kind of the snap or the hit that um you know would it would have been stock uh they also seem okay. like they 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 compensated for altitude a lot better than a Makuni or a Kian. um and okay. but but i i could never get over the lack of kind of throttle response and i i used to think i well i really like smooth power but i control it with my gotcha. wrist and so so anytime i've gone to them when when i really want the bike to snap and be aggressive I can't get that with Electron, and and they, you know, I've talked to the the guys before, and they said well, we can we can tune it or jet it to get it there, but that's not the way that they like to set them up for the regular guy, and I kind of understand that. Uh, so so I, me personally, I'm I'm not a fan, but I know a lot of people that just love them because they they really seem to get you know for guys that are a little sloppy with the wrist, get really good traction. A lot of times the fuel efficiency goes up. Um, Okay. Uh, the, you know, it's, it's interesting you address the snappiness because that's, I'm, you know, being a two stroke guy, that's one of the things I love the most about two strokes is the throttle response. Right. And I'm on a YZ250X with a, you know, 38 millimeter uh, Keehan air striker. And uh, it's a great car, you know, just riding at the different elevations I do in the, in the different temperatures and all that. I oh, thank God it's not a Makuni. A little bit, especially <laughs> to get it to rev out. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. what's that? Thank, thank, yeah, thank God it's not a Makuni. Because <laughs> then you'd be, ch- yeah, you'd be, no, you'd be no, ch- changing I, a jet every two thousand feet, yeah. So, um, oh, easily, yeah. <laughs> no, but, but it's it, yeah. The only thing with the with the um, you know, I, I jet a little rich just because I don't want to burn it up at the lower elevations. But then you know, I have a lot of trouble getting it to rev out at higher elevations. And yeah, it's it's interesting you address that because I I I've heard you know two sides of the coin which is one side oh it adjusts for elevation perfectly more power everywhere smoother better and i have friends who own them who say that's what they do and then on, on the other side well, i hear people say it, nope it's yeah, it, too smooth well um, the thing is 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 when it's if it's jetted perfectly you know like if you have a perfectly jetted carburetor for the right elevation and you compare it right. to a, a, a electron that's jetted the same it's the electron is going to be smoother and it's going to lack hit now you go up 2000 feet 4000 feet all of a sudden that electron may actually have um, better snap, <laughs> you know, because it's actually, it's actually jetted properly. But the funny thing is, you know how a bike that's not jetted very well kind of has extra snap, you know, yeah. especially it's when they, especially, especially when they get, yeah, they, yeah. they, they kind of get rich and then they kind of have that bang, you know, that's what people think snap is. So, um, but some of it, some right. of it, you know, perfectly, when, when you ride a perfectly jetted two stroke, um, you, you know, it, it, it's it, there's a whole different level of snap. It's not what you're talking about. It's not that bog, that kind of bog go sort of sensation. So, you know, there, there's a sense that yeah, you, the electron will have more snap at higher elevations, lower elevations, depending on where you're you're technically jetted for. But it's it's you know it's never going to be perfect, and hence that's why you know I I wish everything would go to fuel injection. Um, I I love gotcha. the, I love oh the, really I, you do wish everything even two stroke oh I love the I love the fuel inject I love the fuel injected KTM's I love them the two strokes all day long and and uh, and and, and, okay. and you know you know everybody says they're smooth 
just turn the throttle farther and they're not yeah, smooth. Yeah, hear that. <laughs> yeah, no, you turn the throttle farther yeah. and they are they are not smooth. I mean, and you can and you can play with you can play with and adjust the power valve and get them get them just as snappy as you would ever need it. Um, so uh, yeah, I, I don't know why you sold that KDX two hundred. <laughs> <laughs> I know. What's wrong hey, with uh, you, I don't either. Um. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I have a KTM two hundred, so I'm partial to that engine size. But then you know, <laughs> Gabe's sitting over here. He probably wants to kill me because I like all these KTMs. But you know, he'll, he'll, he'll he's gonna go he's gonna go make a video about how Jimmy's just a KTM guy tomorrow, and then I'll have the whole world will just attack. <laughs> so, but yeah. uh, well, you know, I mean. I- that's something I can, I can relate to him with and that I have nothing against the brand at all. I think that, uh, they make, you know, or the people that own them most <laughs> of the time and that I think they make, uh, <laughs> that's a poor caveat, but the, I think that, you know, I think they make some great cutting edge bikes. I just think that for guys like me, you know, it's, it's just hard to justify that many extra thousand dollars if you know how to jet. And quite frankly, at least for me, I feel like, you know, 90% oh, I, ne- I never, it, I never, I never want to up for, I never want to open up another carburetor in my life. Um, <laughs> I, I said this about four stroke, at least a two stroke, at least it's halfway easy to get to the damn carburetor. But have you ever mm-hmm. taken a, a, well, you have at a 250 X. Well, oh, try a 450. It's twice. It's, it's, it's like 30% worse. How can but it even be worse? You, you never, you oh, never yeah. ever want to. And then, you know, you, then you get gas on your hands and it's a mess. And like, a, you know, if you have to do it three or four times in a day, <clears> you just want to shoot yourself. I'd rather just touch my phone, like right here inside of this phone. I have the Yamaha power tuner app and I can tune my YZ. That's, I don't have a YZ right now, but if it was sitting right outside, I could tune it for while I'm sitting here talking to you, and I, I don't I don't care to do it any other way anymore. So, uh, yeah. I'll, I'll say for me, it's 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 good you made the differentiation there. For me, uh, at least, I mean, I'm not saying I don't, haven't owned or won't continue to own four carbureted four stroke bikes, but yeah. on the two stroke, to me, it's not a big deal. On the four stroke, I'm actually rebuilding uh, YZ450F right now with uh, well, it's for a friend, but. Yep, it's carbureted and yeah, not not a real fun time. So yeah, no. yeah, good times. Hey, thanks for thanks for calling in. And hopefully, we uh, answered your question. And um, I, like I said, if you're doing if you're doing the big elevation changes, I think I think uh, that 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 is kind of the smart way to go currently. If you're if you don't want to change jetting. Cool. Well, appreciate it, and uh, yeah, thanks, and cool to see that you have a Torture Test uh, magazine on the channel over there, Gabe. That's uh, pretty cool stuff he puts out. So. Yeah, no, I I enjoy it. I'm, I'm hoping that we can get him to work with us a little bit here at Dirt Bike Test, and uh, I'll try to put him on some newer stuff, and I'll just make him change the oil and uh, you know replace parts, <laughs> replace replace parts as needed. But it, it is literally it's hard to ride. I mean, especially you know on our side, it's hard. I put you know uh, I don't even know how many hours on the CR four fifty X that we had. Uh, it's like roughly 2000, 3000 miles, which is like in Gabe's world, he's saying, oh, that's nothing. But when you, when you have four or five, when you have, when you have four or five other bikes to ride all the time, yeah, you need to test them and put a time. It's like, it's like, how do you do it? And in all honesty, you know what, you know what I'd really like to do is I would like to get you, get you, you need to, you need to clone yourself though. I'd like to get him a second bike, the same bike. And one of them, you just do the minimum maintenance, you know, you uh-huh. do change. And, and at the end then when when the when the one goes catastrophic, then you calculate out what it was gonna cost to repair the one that you destroyed mm-hmm. versus the maintenance you put into the one that you did, you know, what a regular guy should probably do. And I'd be willing, I'd be wager to willing to wager that 
that it would be cheaper to just maintain it a little oh, bit. Oh, yeah. It, def- I've, it definitely would. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, it would be interesting but to see how... But it would be interesting. In, but how simple, it really, how simple it is to do some of the some mm-hmm. of the really basic stuff. And, you know, then when you hear the clanking and, and hear the grinding, it's like, hey, it's... It's time. <laughs> it's time. Well, yeah. yeah. My, my, before the rod comes out the bottom, let's, <laughs> uh, you know, the valves drop into the piston. Let's do a little... Then you don't have to buy all those extra big, expensive, uh, heavy parts. So, mm-hmm. hey, Pete, thanks for calling. Um, hopefully you uh, continue yeah, to listen thanks. to us and uh, tell a friend. Yeah. We well, do. I was gonna say, I, I for one would love to see uh, see that on. Top I was of gonna that. say, cool, if so. if we get Peter, so Peter was our our second rider at the twenty four. Right. He's basically me on a bike, yep. but he actually maintains no. his stuff like perfectly well. He over maintains <laughs> oh, yeah. stuff. So I'm like, we Peter and I just get the same bike and let's see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just two 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 versions of the same thing. So cool. Hey, thanks a lot. We'll uh, keep I do in touch. Definitely over maintained. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thanks. Nothing wrong with that. Okay. See you. Bye. Um, <laughs> right on. Well, uh, I think that's it. We've kind of, we've kind of gone through a full show here. Uh, hopefully you've learned something, become a little bit more educated. Uh, where should people go to find you again, Gabe? Torturetestmagazine.com. Right. That's the best place. If you are interested in KDX 200s or what's the other one? That's the DR 200. The DR 200. Smoking yeah. KTMs. KTM tears. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, we will, uh, I'll, I'll, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to, I'm going to dangle a new KTM in front of me and say, Hey, you want to ride this? Then I'll get pictures and I'll wreck, I'll wreck you and your, your little thing. So, uh, for Gabe and, uh, Gabe, my call screener producer guy who put the pictures up on the back and uh, Mojave Bob, who one of these days we're going to point a camera at, uh, this is Jimmy Lewis signing off for a dirt bike test tech talk taco Tuesday. And hopefully we will see you out on the trail. Cheers. Cheers.